Hello and welcome back to the How Long to Beat podcast. Don't forget it's Otome. I hope you're all playing with your pretty boys on whatever your platform of choice may be. Uh, this week, in addition to that, we'll be telling you, as always, and by we I mean me, Alex and Paula. I almost said my own name again then. That's not <laughs> that's not a good start. <laughs> um, we will be telling you about the games we've beaten, retired and played. And this week, um, off the back of a question from a friend of the podcast, Abitage, uh, we're going to be pitching each other games. Now, I haven't got a specific name for this segment yet. I know you all expect better from me. I apologise. And if we do this again, I will sort something out for that. I feel like uh, something, as is something that... Dragon's Den, you know? Like, there's got to be something in there. <laughs> I, listen, the best I was able to come up with was how long to be Tank, as in Shark Tank. And that's pretty good. That's just not good enough. I mean, it's okay, but I, I hold myself to a higher standard of pun work, Alex. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, we'll finish with everyone's favorite podcast-based theme game show game. How long, How long to, to beat the game? The game. The game. Nice. Did we actually do it this time? Pretty close. It was pretty, I don't pretty know. close. Last week was the best one we've ever done. Yes. Indeed. Without a shadow of a doubt. So if any of you missed that, that's one more reason to go back and listen to last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last episode's in the past now. We're in the present. And I'm present with you, Alex, and you, Paula. Paula, I want to know about Picross. <laughs> Tell me about Picross. Your one beaten oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> I beat one game last week, and it was Picross E5. Riveting. Move on to Alex. I got a lot <laughs> this week. <laughs> Um, but a couple of them are, are, are a little short. So, um, my partner and I have just, we've been zooming through the, the Halo games. Like she loves those games and we've been having a great time with them. And we beat Halo 3 ODST, which I really liked that game. It's like, it's a really nice kind of palate cleanser from playing the mainline Halos. Cause the mainline Halos, uh, listen, I have no fucking clue what is going on in the main halo games you're just like uh something something flood halos are big rings enemies and like that's like basically all i can understand and like oh cortana's a sexy ai um don't know why she's sexy but she is um and so like that's basically all i've gathered from the original halos my partner whenever the cutscenes would come on she's just like go on her phone she's like okay but halo 3 was one of those games where suddenly you're like it's a little easier to understand what's going on. The stakes feel um, higher because you're just a regular human. Um, now, I find that element to it, they sort of throw it out the window partway through the game. Like, you can tell they're really jumping onto the fact that it's like, you're an ODST and you have to kind of investigate and you're looking around. And then near the end of it, you start to get a little, like, kill all the waves of enemies. And, like, suddenly you seem much stronger than just, like, the regular soldier. But... I don't know. It's a mixed experience, but it's a fun experience because it's so short. So I, I don't think it's like my favorite, but it's definitely kind of up there. There's these segments where you play as the rookie and like the way it works is sort of told through flashback. Like you land in this on uh, in this city and it's like six hours since your like deployment. And so all of this stuff has happened. And as the rookie, you're kind of looking, trying to find your squad mates. And every time you find like something f- from them, it like flashes back to what happened um, and you play as that other squad mate, which is a really cool concept. It's just that near the end or like near the last three quarters, the exploring the city as the rookie starts to get a bit old because you're like, okay, now I got to go find the next mission, you know, and could have used a little more variety, but really cool experiment. One I'd like to see more of in in shooters. Um, 
have either of you played ODST? Have because you, you've never played any Halo, right? Right, none of you have played any Halo. Okay, I'm an Xbox virgin. Unfortunately. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of interested in the Halo games though because like I watched that one video from Unraveled about <sighs> the Halo books. Yeah, that it is crazy, and I'm like, okay, that that sounds bonkers. That sounds like something I would like. Yeah, it is bonkers, and it's quite fun. I mean, and like I said, for you, where I know you sometimes have a little bit of difficulty with first person, I think this is actually be a really good introduction, particularly if you play it with a gamepad, because it's sl- it's a bit slower, right? Like, it's just um, slower movement, slower aiming and stuff, um, and the game compensates for that nicely. Um, if you're like a Twitch, you know, like Twitch shooter fan, this is not your game. <laughs> like, you will, <laughs> you will not enjoy this. <laughs> um, no, no. But that's all right. Uh, I also beat Gravity Rush, Emma Vida. Yeah, you're 100% right, Rick. It's just like a good, it's just it's just good, right? It's not amazing, but it's good. It, its core idea is really cool. And like, I don't think I ever actually got like sick of just like launching through the air with gravity. The combat is a, a bit one note because it kind of ends up falling into like having to do the like, in the air like that gravity kick or like your special on circle button yeah. yeah yeah right like i was like i was basically spamming that because honestly there's so many levels where you can't be on the ground which obviously not because it's you know freaking games about floating through the air so why would it all be on the ground but like i i just sort of wish there were more attacks there are some special attacks but you know what i mean it's like you're just constantly and like that homing attack it's not great like, it would have been nice um, if there were even just an attack where you can get close and you can just keep fighting. But I don't know. Um, I can't get back. It's also a question of balance, I think, a little bit, because they, yeah. they put far too much combat in it for a game that, as you say, is so limited in its combat options. I think if yeah. they were going to do that, it probably needed either, like you say, it's not ground-based, but something... Because when you're on the ground, it feels like you're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that was necessarily a design decision. I think that was just... Uh, a result of the way it all came together. Yeah. So you either needed something more that way, or I, I would have quite liked some kind of ranged attack on a cooldown. Yeah. Because then there's, when you're stopping and reorientating, that gives you something to do in between, and it makes you less reliant on just careen. Anyway, I've taken you off topic. No, no, that's good. That's, actually, that's on topic. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right. I'd be curious to see the second one. I'm interested to see if it improves mm. on things, because... Um, I do like the world they're creating and, you know, the concepts within it are, are really interesting. And yeah, it would have been nice to have a few more, maybe even like, not necessarily like time attack, but even just like a few more sections where you just have to navigate through crazy things with your flying ability, you know, like there was never really anything like that. And I was just kind of disappointed. It was like each mission was sort of like, okay, in this mission, you're going to have to go to this thing and then you're just going to fight a lot of stuff and then that's going to be it. And that's pretty much what they all were. Um, but yeah. The irony is that content is there, but it's in the side missions. Yeah, and see... My my favorite missions were the ones... They're, they're like time trials around the world mm. where you've got to rush through a series of gates. Like, imagine Superman 64, but you actually know what you're doing. Ah. And that it really finds the fun in those moments. They're my fondest memories of the game. And it's a shame that uh, the way you've played it, that you've missed that content, unfortunately. Yeah, that's so disappointing. Because, like, there was zero reason to play the side content because like you know what i mean like it it doesn't give you any reason to do it um you know like it's like why would i do this like they're just green icons on a thing i don't even i don't even want to try it because it's like what's the point um 
So the point is that's the best part of the game. I know, but that's so that's that's I mean that to me is like what brings it down even a little more. Like just make that part of the game because the game's not that long. Like honestly, if those were just part of the missions, I would have been fine with that. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Um, I do, I do. Yeah, if they're so much fun. Maybe someday I'll go back and I'll just check those things out. Um because they do sound kind of fun and it's always gonna be there for me if I do want to do it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really worth trying though, because it is really neat. But if you do try it, do like Rick did, play the side missions. <laughs> yeah. I uh, haven't like really like played much of Gravity Rush like past the first couple of chapters, but I do remember like doing the side missions because they were like some of them are re- are really fun. Hmm. Well, also Katis Abadas. Maybe I'll go back. It's just right now I have something else that's occupying my Vita time. So <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> um, but maybe I'll go back to that at some point. I also, so yeah, I beat Outriders. I talked about it a lot in the last episode, so I'm not going to talk too much here. But I wanted to talk more about it because um, they have these expeditions uh, at the end. And I thought I'd check them out a little. I checked it out extremely briefly. No, thanks. Um, it's like, it's kind of hard to complain about them because like it's more content when you beat the game, right? So like, that's cool. If you really want that and you like really like Outriders Combat Loop, I guess you could play them, but like they're basically just scenarios. Like it's just like you basically accept a thing. The concept is that it's kind of spoiler, so I can't, I don't even know if I can really go into it, but like <laughs> there's a thing that happens at the end of the game and you got to go find stuff. There, that's good. Um, okay, that's yeah. probably, yeah. That's, that's more than, that's all you need to know. Um, and so you're off finding things. And you basically get to a location that you've kind of been to before, like a little map, and you just fight off waves. That's basically it. There's like little objectives on them. And you're supposed to do it with teammates because you're supposed to basically like level up like exped... I can't remember what it was called, like expedition rank or something like that. It's like you have like a separate ranking system you have to do and you have to get it up to like 15 so that you can then go fight the big one at the end, which... So it's like raid missions based. It's raid missions. Yes, that's exactly what it okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. It's just raid missions. And so like... Okay... But no, <laughs> you know, like I've never been into that. So I think that's a game where once you once those credits roll, just uh, uninstall it because you're done. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. What else did I beat? Oh, yeah. Rain on your parade. That's a cute game. That game is real cute, real short. It's like three hours or so. Though Xbox recorded it weird. So like I looked at my progress and Xbox said I played it for 34 minutes. And I was like, bruh, pretty damn sure I played this for three hours because I was keeping track. And I- Maybe it was only keeping track of, I don't know, actually, I have no idea how it got 34 minutes out of that, because 34 minutes is like, maybe, yeah, like a little bit of the game. But anyway, it's really fun. It's kind of like a love letter to video games in general. There are a lot of Easter eggs and missions that will spoof some well-known games, and just like, yeah, it's it's really, really fun, and I really recommend it. In fact, you know, even if you don't have Game Pass, if that thing's ever on sale for a little bit, it's not even that expensive, I don't think. It's like 12 bucks or something. But if it was ever on sale, I would pick it up because you're going to just have like a nice afternoon of fun with it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I think, Paolo, this one's 100% up your alley. Um, huh? Like rain on your parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, hello, yes. <laughs> Oh, that was a full-on meerkat impression. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think you'd really like this one a lot. Halo Reach, we also beat. So yeah, started it this week, beat Halo this week. Weekends. Yeah, it's Halo. I'm, I'm booking it with some Halo. Man, Halo Reach is excellent. It's so hard for me, honestly, to rank the Halo games. 
And it's one of those series where I actually do feel that now, you know, <laughs> haven't got to Halo 4 yet. And that's when, you know, Bungie's like, bye-bye, um, and they left. And I remember playing it when I was younger, so who knows what I'll say there. But at least those first five games, they just, they do feel like they just get better each time to the point of where it's like, yeah, I think they're just like, their level of quality is pretty much just like in the order they're released. And Reach has a few things that I don't, necessarily love like some of the missions are a little bit like where the hell am i supposed to go but that's kind of classic in halo and in a lot of shooters in general times where you're just like wait where's the next part but the story is comprehensible and in fact is very good um best thing i could say about it is like it's it's the rogue one of halo in fact it's rogue one before rogue one existed um is kind of the deal it's it's that prequel you know to the to the whole story and yeah, it's just really good. My partner at the end of the game was like, what? That's how it ends? And I'm not going to say it because if you haven't played it, you really should play it um, because it has, I think, one of the more memorable video game endings that in any game I've played, especially in a shooter campaign. It's one of the finest, certainly one of the most interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played another game. It was the only one of the games when we were replaying them that I was like, I remember this game. And as I was playing it, I was like, ooh, I remember. Ooh, I remember. <laughs> you know, like all these little moments <laughs> where I was like, I know this part, I know this part, because it's just, it's very good. It's just, that's it. it's just really good. Good characters, great shooting, uh, great story. That's it. That's all I got to say about it. Play Halo Reach. You'll enjoy it. But play it after you play the first four. Don't play it first. It says on Halo Master Chief Collection to play it first, but I think that's a mistake because it well because it's technically the first one, right? In, in the order, chronological, right, right, right. Yeah, right, but it's right. just okay. a little disappointing, you know. It's like um, I, I really do think the Halo games are best played in release order because that's the natural progression of the mechanics, you know. Um, and hmm. it just makes more sense that way because if you play that first, I sort of think you're going to spoil the experience for yourself because then the rest of them aren't going to quite live up to it. Whereas if you play it the other way, you're building up to it in a much better way. Mechanically as well, I imagine, because there's, yes. there's lots of game series like that where they have like a, a zero or a guide or like an original one. Like the one that always jumps to mind for me is um, Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. So I played Birth by Sleep, which has got an excellent combat system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried to play Kingdom Hearts 1. And it's like, nope, that's mm-hmm. the biggest load of bullshit. Um, the only one yeah, I can so, think of that might be different is like Yakuza Zero is actually good to start with because they remastered the other two. I've heard <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, but that's about it. Anyway, all right, Rick, tell us what have you beaten? Yeah. Oh, actually, off topic, just before we move on, because Yakuza, in a little bit of topical news, which is something we never do, mm. um, they've said that Judgment's going to be the action thing, and Yakuza is yeah. going to be like like a Dragon Combat from now on. How do you feel about that as like a a Yakuza fan? What's oh, I think that's a, that? I think that's a curious. very smart idea. There's seven. Okay, God moving on. Damn. Well, I'm just saying there are seven <laughs> goddamn Yakuza games. Like, you can change it up now, you know. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I look looking at the Yakuza series, I get a little like, like I, I break out and like sweats a little bit. I'm like, oh, there's so much of it, and the combat's kind of the same in all of them. So the fact that Judgment introduces some different mechanics into it as well, to me, that just seems to make perfect sense. And now that now that Yakuza's kind of breached out into the West, because really that game went... Before Yakuza 0, the West didn't really give a shit about Yakuza. Like, the mechanics didn't work for people. It was kind of archaic because it was very... It was just... It's very Japanese. It was just of that uh, time sort of thing. And they Did any of them even come over before 0? Uh, yeah, there were some, I think, but... Um, 
Well, actually, baby, don't quote me on that. I'm not entirely sure. I think so, though. I, I remember seeing like PS2 things on it, but I could be totally wrong. So mm-hmm. someone research that for me. <laughs> Uh, uh, hold that thought sorry keep going where you were going have a google yeah but i don't think there was any interest really anyway like obviously there are like you know niche pe- um individuals who would always be really interested in it but i, I think like a dragon whoa just heard someone mm. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me oh sorry yeah, yeah I, I think like a dragon too has done quite well and from everything i've heard it's just really fun and i welcome a like big I don't know, you call it AAA, I guess, AAA, like, RPG like that. I mean, that, to me, is just really cool. Um, and they've got, like, neat mechanics on it. So I'm kind of excited to try Like a Dragon. Plus, let's be real here. It's hard to get into the Yakuza series because you got seven games plus Like a Dragon. Yeah. So better to just hop on with Like a Dragon and go, I like me some JRPG funness, and then hop in with Judgment, right? It's a little bit easier. It's only two games to play to get yourself into the series. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's me. I don't know. As the as the resident Yakuza expert who's played one of the games. <laughs> Makes an expert by comparison is what it does. Yeah. Uh right, shall I uh yeah. shall I jump in? Crack away. Sweet. So I've played or I've beaten rather two games this past um week or two. And I'll start with the one I finished more recently because it's got some parallels in terms of what you were saying about Outriders. So that's Ghost of Tsushima and specifically the free legends mode that they released post game. It is effectively a raid mode. Obviously, it's a little bit different because it's a, a melee action game. Primarily, obviously, you do have some ranged options. The mechanics are all the same, but they introduce some new gameplay elements and some new progression and, and equipments and things like that. And as a result, the game, excuse me, the gameplay loop is very different. Hmm. It's good. I enjoyed it. I think I probably ended up spending twice as much time with it as I needed to by rights to sort of see the story content and there is a small community that are bashing their heads against the raid mode at the very end of it repeatedly like the three chapter sort of conclusion arc to that story i can't see myself going back to it. i think now that i've seen all the story i've had my fill i'm quite happy with it and while i probably enjoy playing it more i would also like to put that time towards other playthroughs instead of more playing through if that makes sense but it's good, it does, and yeah. you, should, you, <laughs> you should buy the game for the base game anyway, because the base game is one of the best games to have come out from the past decade. So the, the Legends mode is a, a free cherry on the cake and something that even if I only gave it a te- an 8 compared to the 10 that I gave Tsushima, it's, it's still something that Sucker Punch should be applauded for just giving, because that, that's the kind of thing that you could see another publisher in another time trying to charge £20 for. Yeah. Or in fact... Fucking um, gearbox with Borderlands. I was actually just thinking of Borderlands. <laughs> yeah. Great minds think alike. So, Directors yeah, cut it, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Directors butt more like. Two season passes, which is <laughs> bullshit. Can you remember twelve years ago where one season pass was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, seriously. Uh, and that season pass had better yeah. been like three substantial story content. Now it's like, hey, you could get your. Uh, side missions now. <laughs> like, what are the side missions? Shoot six pop cans. Like, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Yo, do you want to pay another sixty dollars for content that we've not actually made yet? I know. Yeah. yeah what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, I'm like, dude, you, you're not allowed to use season passes as kickstarters. That is not how this works. Like, come on. Wow. <sighs> That's a whole other can of worms. I want. I wanted 
to make a segue and say going back to a better time when this shit didn't happen. But the other game I've beaten is Metal Slug X, which is basically a director's cut of Metal Slug 2. So yeah. it doesn't quite work. But best Metal Slug game I've played so far, I think by, by a reasonable margin. My opinion may be slightly coloured just by the amount of time that there was between me playing Metal Slug 2 and the X version. Mm. But I don't remember being nearly as frustrated or I remember being far more frustrated playing through 2. And I felt like I encountered much fewer, far fewer, less sticking points. <laughs> it, Paolo, when you edit, leave out, leave in whichever one works the best. Do you think <laughs> or not, you're just like, better at Metal Slug now? Or like, do you think it's like the game? I, I think any difference was probably just familiarity between playing 1 and 2. I don't think I've gotten appreciably better to the point where I colour my opinion of two versus X. And that's probably something where the time made a difference as well, because I remembered the locales and roughly how it would go. But there's no way to remember all the enemy patterns and, and how they come unless you're actively trying to do that. It also, and it, it's another weird one, because I can't actually remember loads of slowdown in my playthrough of two. But obviously that's the big thing that X was supposed to fix was just all the slowdown and, and some of the poor performance. Um and the other thing that maybe colours is that I'd come from three, which if any of you listened a few weeks ago when I'd beaten that, the, the sticking point there was just how cheap a lot of that game felt. And there were only a couple of moments where I felt that with X. So I am almost inclined to say you can play it and just forget about two. There are some small differences. I'm happy I played both because it's, it's more metal slug and it's still loads of fun. But I think if you're someone that, that just wants to sort of get the core experience... I would almost even say start with X, and if you love that, then go back and try one. Because hmm. the, the difference it's not like Halo where you're really going to ruin one by having played X, I don't think. They're, they're close enough hmm. that they'd be just fine. Yeah, I, I feel like I've not given massive impression. The, the main thing is it, it was an hour, which is the Metal Slug games are roughly. <laughs> and it was a great hour. Like I blasted through it all in a single sitting. I had a great time with it. So. Nice. I feel like I'm talking around it a lot without giving the ringing endorsement that it really deserves, but I did have a great time and it is really, really good. Um, speaking of things that are less good, only one retirement this week, and yeah. that is you. That's me. I uh, tried out, there'll probably be a lot more retirements because I just like trying out random Game Pass shit, which is kind of fun, but I retired mm-hmm. Destroy All Humans 2020, so the re- the remake, remaster, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, it looks nice. Ugh. So I called this like research because the game we're making kind of has aliens in it. So I was like, let's see what this is like. This is just an example of one of those games that like, it just front ends you with so much fucking talking and handholding. Like this is a game called Destroy All Humans. You don't need to tell me anything else. (laughs) I'm going to go destroy all the humans. Like, that's what I want to fucking do. Like, let me do it. Like, literally, the minute I know what weapons I have, I'm like, I'm good to go. Let's roll, man. But then it gives you just constant random objectives. And there's always this dude who's just kind of like, ah, you got to go do this thing and go do this thing. And hold on a second. Get in your ship. Now go do this. Now hold on. Let's pause for a second. Look at this menu. Look at all the things you can do. Even though it's like whole button shoot thing i get it like you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> are you saying you didn't come here for a guided narrative experience i don't believe that right and the narrative it's so stupid <laughs> oh thank you because also what drives me fucking nuts about this game is that like there's no consistency at all so like there oh, let me just try to explain to you the opening segment of this game you are this alien race who's come to earth 
because apparently you're made from clones and your clone gene pool is getting weirdly tainted or something, but you fucked the humans in the past, I guess. And so like pure your DNA is in humans. So, which doesn't make any sense to me because I don't understand how alien, how your genetic DNA is somehow pure in humans who have been, you know, reproducing forever but your clone's DNA isn't or something? Okay, whatever. But then when they get to Earth, they act like they have no idea what humans are. And like when they land, they were like, ooh, cows, that must be the most sentient life form. And I'm like, you're an intergalactic aliens who can clone and who visited Earth before. Like, (laughs) you're telling me you don't know what humans are? You said that you know what humans are. You said you came to Earth to find the humans. What is going on? Like, I'm just so confused. Like, it made no sense at all. Like, you're just sitting there going, and like, the the humor is crass and dumb. It's so, it's so late 2000s. It is just so robot chicken family guy. Like, that is what this game is. Which, like, if you're into it, you might quietly breathe through your nose at some point, you know? And <laughs> there's no laugh, but you'll do the, hmm. Maybe at some point, maybe, <laughs> but like, you're not going to laugh. And most of the time I was just like, oh, Jesus. Um, I feel kind of bad to be so harsh on it, but like, it's just, bleh. it would be like, it, it's functional. It is functional. I'll put it that way. But Put that in the back of the box. Yeah, it functions. It's just, but you know what I mean, right? Like you ever get those games where you're just sitting there and it's just like, you just want to play. I just want to play the game, <laughs> you know, right? Like, let me play, let me play. Um, and that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. It just won't let you play, which is a shame because once you do start blowing things up, it's pretty fun. Get your fucking spaceship, start blowing shit up. You're like, woohoo. But yeah, the rest of it's just, it's just weak. So I don't know. If you have Game Pass, like, you might as well see if you like it, but don't expect much, put it that way. Did either of you play the original Destroy All Humans? Because I did play the original, I think, when I was younger. And I also think I bounced off. <laughs> I didn't, but I do remember lots of my friends being like mad about it and its sequels. Yeah, but that makes sense because but... you and I were the right demo when it came out. We would have been teenagers we who were like, were, yeah. <laughs> boobs. Like that is like our demographic at that age. And like going, <laughs> yeah, were, were that. Where that, yeah, there you go. You're like, that's still me. You're like, oh. You know what I mean? Like, if you're the age where you think Family Guy is like the peak of humor, this is your game. <laughs> like, genuinely. Oh my God. Yeah, but I was like, uh, maybe I'll avoid this one. <laughs> I mean, I did uh, especially not when it released, because like, no one in my, in my class. Yeah. Uh, was like too fun of video games or mm. if there were they were like either i don't know call of duty grand theft auto um very much stuff like that <laughs> yeah it's a game for teenage boys i mean i don't know maybe if you were like a little high or drunk or something you might kind of find it funny or if you were like playing with a bunch of friends maybe it would be sort of funny um but uh, even then i'm not sure you might just get annoyed <laughs> And uh, that's very much a crutch. That's like taking the responsibility off the game because you're making your own fun at that point. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, this is a game where you have to make your own fun with it. I also technically retired by PSVR because <laughs> I sold it. Uh, yes, you said, yeah. I sold it for a pretty penny too, actually. I was pretty pleased with myself because, you know, I keep hearing the rumblings that the PSVR 2 is coming and we know it is. Like, it's coming at some point. And I'm just like, 
I don't think I'm ever going to be able to sell this for more than I can right now. So I was just like, let's do it. Someone with the PS5 wanted it. So I was like, all right, all yours. <laughs> like, you know, and I was just like, there we go. I loved the PSVR, but VR is still very much a proof of concept in a lot of ways. You know, there's some really standout mm. experiences on VR, but like ultimately the PSVR in particular has about 60 trillion wires attached to it. And it's a nightmare to set up. Every time you pull it out, you're just like, I have to jack into the matrix. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> um, that kind of sounds like a nightmare to me because I'm not good uh, with cable management already. And that looks like I would have to tangle a plate of a spaghetti each time I want to play. Oh, a thousand percent. And then you also have to plug in a headphone to it. So you've got like your headphones thing and you're, and you're like, this is the future. <laughs> it's just no good. So immersive. Right. <laughs> Luckily, there's way better VR options these days that have like without all those fucking wires. So, you know, if you're going to play VR, you, you might as well get a good PC and do it. Because look, VR is a luxury experience anyway. Might as well go all out. So yeah, that's it for me. That's what I retired. Why don't we move on to what we're playing? Which, why don't we talk about yes. what we're all playing? <laughs> Psychedelica <laughs> of the Ashen Hawk, which also, what does Psychedelica even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I know Ashen Hawk <laughs> I mean, is a I'm not sure what it refers to. <laughs> Whatever it is, it sure is the visual novel. <laughs> okay, I have to admit, my girlfriend's been laughing a lot because as I've been playing this game, I was like, it's like I'm playing a game that's only cutscenes. Where's the game? <laughs> I was like, I want my game. And so it's just so funny. Like, Don't you get it? That's the point. I know, I know. And it's she actually might play it. So I think I'm going to report back because I actually think she's like, hmm, maybe I might like it because I've been sort of explaining it to her and going like, <sighs> okay, so... I know this game is about the boys, but like two of the boys are your brothers. Like you grew up with them in that household. They're your brothers. They are your brothers. Like I do not give a shit that you're not from the same parent. They're your brothers. <laughs> and then there's like one dude who you live with, I guess, but I don't know who he is. He's sketch. And the other one is like a religious man. So obviously there's really only one person you can go for. <laughs> That's like oh Japan. I know, but I was like, like honestly though, right? Like the hawks are your brothers. No, 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 the wolves, the wolves, the wolves. Uh, the wolf it. It's also very Romeo yeah. and Juliet. The Capulets and Montagues, um, the wolves okay. and hawks. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm. I mean, I, I, in the sense that I'm playing it, I've played like the opening two minutes. So oh, I've literally okay. just got. I, he's literally just woken up. It's like, oh my eyes burning. Uh, so that that that's. The summer, I haven't even seen the the trippiest fuck opening that you were talking about last week. Yeah, that's oh, okay. still to come. I'm, uh, I'm like pretty far in now. Like I'm on that third map, I think. Well, I don't know, actually. I don't even know if I'm pretty far in, Jesus. I probably have so much left. I'm like, <laughs> I can only in like the second, third chapter maybe? Third chapter? Yeah. I don't know. Second or third chapter, something like that. What is it, like nine chapters? Um, I don't know. The chapter division, this one is a little bit fucky. Yeah. Because of the matter like in between. Yeah, because some of the chapters seem like they're really short, but then the map segments can be like, holy hell, there's some long episodes. <laughs> it's like, listen, if I have Is to learn that... spoilers to tell me what map segments are? No, no, it's not. They're just, like, you literally just pick things to watch and do. Oh, wait, you decide how you... Right, okay, 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 I know what you mean. Sorry, crack on. Yeah, that's all it is. If If I have to watch one more short episode about how Fran... Siska is a bad cook. I will lose my fucking mind. <laughs> like there have been like 
five goddamn short episodes. But she's not a good cook. I get it. She's a bad cook. Like, oh my god. When it's slice of life, but you've only got one slice. That's too. I'm 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 going insane with this game. Like it's. I'm, I'm literally. I'm going insane. I just like. What is going on? You know what's funny, Paula? I described this. I said, "Sorry, I don't." Wanna, I was like. I was like, this is so clearly like this is a genre, right? And like, I really get how people can dig this. It's it's sort of how like I love Star Wars, but Star Wars is fundamentally stupid. It's about space wizards, and it's the good and bad side. Like, it's dumb, but I love it, and like, I love all the weird tropes with it. And as I'm playing this, I go, oh, this is one of those things that you have to have like been into <laughs> to like really get into it, and it feels. It's like sort of hard. Like, I feel like every time I'm playing that there's things that are happening that I'm like, I feel like this might be like a trope or this is like something that's that I should be getting and I'm not getting it. And I'm like, oh, I got to dig deeper. So anyway, I'm just wondering when the story is going to really kick off, because right now it feels a little like um, it's a little like all over and I'm like not really sure what's going on. I know there's a thing called the Kaleidovia. And it's a of you, yeah. Yeah, and it's important and it's rainbow. And I know we have to we have to find it, but we also have to go cook a bunch, but we will find it. <laughs> like, well, the thing is, is that the Atomic game works a little bit different to most of the Atomic games I'm used to. So oh, really? I was a little bit hesitant when you actually choose this one. Oh, so because this... the, okay. the story gets really good. Like at the point I'm um, as I finished the fourth map, I think. Okay, fourth map. Okay. And it is funny because I already played this game before, and I can see like a lot of foreshadowing done even in the earlier chapters. Okay. So I wonder, like looking back to the game, like how would uh, would you react, like because there are like segments of the game you have to replay to get all the endings, and then it's like, oh. Oh, I see, I see. I I can tell you right Um, now, I'm probably not going to get all the endings, but I'm definitely going to get an ending. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, Sorry, I I was about to go on a a tangent there. (laughs) But the thing is... Go ahead, go on a tangent. This is the month you're allowed to go on these tangents. Yeah, this is it. This is the Atome. This is Atome. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy it while it lasts. So you're like, how this game works in terms of how you choose your route. Mm Mm-hmm. It does have like the traditional choices mm-hmm. way later. I still haven't found that, by the way. Yeah, because uh, right now it's just like do everything. Yeah, you have the choice to do everything, but sometimes you only need like to see certain side stories to unlock a route. Mm. And the little like uh, magnifying glass segments of the of the map are mainly just to get points that allow you to. Uh, buy an item mm-hmm. uh, at the start at the tower and those unlock more chapters more side stories and some of those side stories you need to get certain endings mm-hmm. it's a little bit convoluted by the way I, I, I gotta say though I am understanding why you play all the endings now though because this game is like the exact definition of like checklist mania where i just want to i want to knock those numbers down man i can't i can't move on if there's a number like i gotta see what's there <laughs> i'm like 
right? Even if it even... is just Fran being bad at cooking. I know, right? I don't even really know what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you never know. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> like, what if I miss an important thing? Although I will admit the magnifying glasses, there's a really handy auto button that like zooms through it. So I pretty much just zoom through because there's never anything interesting in those ones, really. They're like kind of two sentences and it's like world building the short episodes are anyway i i am curious because right now i'm just very like what's going on um not in the sense that i'm confused i'm just like where is it going right like you do, you do know what i mean like it's like it's not it's not obtuse or anything it's just like there's a masquerade coming and there's a kaleidovia and that's like all i kind of understand right now and i'm like she's got a red eye she he dresses up uh, all this stuff You'll you'll learn more about this. Yeah, that's that's no spoiler for me. You have okay. to give him a male and a female, and then again, it's like, okay, this is going places. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is going places. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, which Rick, I will give you a little heads up. There'll be a certain point where that comes into play when you're on the map. Uh, touch your little icon because you can turn into a different thing in that moment, and it unlocks different episodes, um, which I learned as I was playing, and I was like, oh, glad I accidentally much clicked how- that. <laughs> pretty much uh, press i think it's the square on the map mm-hmm. and you'll toggle between two options yeah and those options mm-hmm. give you different side stories yeah okay and it, it comes about around the third map anyway this is fascinating <laughs> i'm learning a lot about this uh, i'm i'm really looking forward to your reactions to the later parts of the game because right now uh, I've been playing this with with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I'm actually actually had to switch to PC so I could like properly um, stream it via Discord. Nice. By the way, the PC controls. Oh yeah. <laughs> are, I don't know what to program those. They're like every they other They were either high or drunk or both. <laughs> It's like O J like G. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, what? Is, who? What? Like you're like oh, this one, I guess. <laughs> I think like uh, there's like one option that was like, oh, press the key with the dot and the semicolon thingy, and I'm like, I can't even press that without pressing shift because of my keyboard being not US. Oh yeah, you don't have a US keyboard. That makes sense. Yeah. Only shift a different button. Uh, oh, you cannot uh, use like different um, buttons that aren't already like programmed in. Uh, so you can only switch with the, to the ones like between the ones that are already there. So you could I don't even remember like what was menu and what wasn't. Vita the Vita ports like that as well, where you can only switch between the different inputs that they've already selected. So like two controls have got to be up and down on the left stick. Yeah, reason. but the Vita version actually makes fucking sense. Yeah. And then I connected yeah. the Xbox controller, and everything was like the same layout, like the Vita, like position wise. And it was like, yes, I'm back home here. Mm. I've just been tapping on the screen with every time my freaking thumb accidentally hits the left stick, I'm like, oh, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, it's so, it's so twitchy, but anyway. Um, well, that's where we um, are now. Well, there'll be a lot more to talk about, I'm sure, next week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to keep barreling through. <laughs> Why don't we talk Instable. about actually the game you two are both playing right now too? Freaking Pokemon Soul Silver. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still just sort of playing on the Pokewalker, to be honest with you. I haven't done a lot. Okay, I haven't Who done a lot. Who even are you? I love it. <laughs> like, I love this. I'm a kid that never got that Tamagotchi phase, so this is like oh, I'm okay. late blooming. 
you know what? No, no, fair, fair point. <laughs> to be fair, I would be the same as you if my pocket worker wasn't like out of service because uh, the battery died and I forgot to buy one when I had the chance. Oh. But haven't you been uh, having adventures um, in 3DS woes lately? Yeah, I actually <laughs> took a, a bunch of notes about the, these, this adventure here. Oh yeah, my 3DS uh, had to be sent to the technical service because it, I don't know, it probably like happened when I tripped on the cable for the upteen time. Uh, because I, I I brought it to the technician. I he was like, Well, this looks a little bit scrambled. It's like someone like <laughs> bumped it like really hard on the floor or something like that. That's Don't. a polite way of saying what the fuck have you been doing with your expensive tat? <laughs> the thing is it got fixed. He reassembled the thing and like tightened all the screws and stuff like that. Did you drop and... it? No, I didn't drop it. That's the thing. It has been resting on a pillow, like a secret item for the last few days. And it it is straight up each time I press a start or I try to like stop reset the game. So I was like, oh, I see. This hasn't been fixed. So I need to ta- to have a talk with my technician. Um, Probably it will be fixed because I... I really don't want like to buy yet another 3DS because I am so scared that the thing is gonna die. And I still have a 3DS backlog here. Oh no! <laughs> and if it doesn't die, all your games will. I don't know if you've seen all that stuff about the cartridges. I mean, apparently it, it sounds like it's a little bit overblown versus what it was. But yeah, oh. that that joke didn't quite land the way I was hoping for. Let's move. No, but I know what on. you're talking about. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those like breathe through the nose moments you were talking about earlier. So yeah. it's funny. I'm not going to laugh though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, technical difficulties aside, I've actually made a lot of progress on Pokemon Soul Silver. I just before this recording, I actually got the eighth gym batch. Mm. I have a full party of Pokemon. Uh, not a, not all of them are evolved yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to the rest of my adventure because like. Since I'm using like Pokemon that I'm not really used to playing with, like on the games, like as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, I have to be creative. And I actually have a fire breathing fish who evolved into a fire breathing octopus named Steve because there's always room for a Steve. That's awesome. <laughs> this is Steve. He fire breathe. <laughs> oh, there you go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You brought it back. <laughs> oh, I've recovered it. That actually. Sounds... Yeah, I remember you shared the screenshot. We were just like, "Why have you done that?" And you were like, "I don't know." Yeah, it took maybe, like what, two maybe hours. Maybe I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem. I'm a fucking, uh, I'm a fucking maniac here. You're a Pokemon. Uh, don't ask questions. You don't want the answers. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Uh, it actually has been like a lot of fun, though. So it does sound like a fun um, way to play Pokemon. Because like often you just play it, you just you know you get the best ones you can get, and it's like oh, you almost always have the same team, right? Like that's just kind of how Pokemon goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides Pokemon Soul Silver, I've been playing some Animal Crossing New Horizons. I've been following the stunks this week, and it failed. Oh, because I bought my turnips, and the prices kept going down and down and down. And they were supposed to go up on Saturday, and I forgot to check, and now I have a uh, four hundred. Spoiled turnips. Oh. Beautiful. Can you 
Can you sell the spoiled ones? Is it just like for a much reduced price? You know, they they were nothing. <laughs> oh no! That's just bills in the friggin' drain, man. <laughs> This goes in the drain. And regarding Diabolic Lovers, I actually like progress like two or three minutes of it before the recording because I misplaced my Vita while sorting my book too. But yeah, but uh, save me from this. What have you two been playing? Rick, why um, don't you go ahead? I was talking to Banch. Yeah, sure thing. So, like I said, I've, I've actually not done much playing the past couple of weeks. I've been mm. low-key quite busy IRL, so it's much of a muchness. It's much sort of the same as it's been um, for the past couple of weeks. So, obviously, Psychedelica we've talked about, Soul Silver we've talked about. Um, I have played a couple more runs of Hades. I'm getting to the final boss semi-consistently now. Um, I found a, a setup that I like to sort of aim towards in terms of pickups mm. and everything else. I just can't quite beat the final boss yet. And I think that's mainly a me problem. I I find this with quite a lot of games, to be fair. I tend to try and play bosses overly aggressive and end Same. up hamstringing myself. So it, it it's a case of trying to get myself to be more passive, to wait for the right moments to strike, to play a little bit more conservatively. But I, I think I'm, I'm close to beating it. Just love the thrill the first of the time. game. You know, you got to get in there. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> I don't want to back Yeah, up, especially my, my my build's very crit focused. So I'm all about like doing as much damage as possible, as quickly as possible, which I really enjoy. But then when you get to the final boss, the final boss can hit you hard and quick and yeah. repeatedly. So you have to be very, um, very careful. The run I'm in at the moment, though, for the first time, there's the... How do you pronounce the name of the Greek god of wine? Is it Dionysus? Dionysus. Dionysus, there you go. Um, so for the first time, I picked up his boon for the cast, which makes like a throwable bomb that does way more damage and also stuns the enemy. And that I actually only picked, I didn't really want it, but the other two options were worse. So I picked it and I've actually, on the run that I'm currently in the middle of at the time of recording, really enjoying using that. So you never know, maybe that'll be the, uh, that'll be the thing that pushes me over the edge. The other two I've played a fair bit more of are Cosmic Star Heroine, Mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong Country Returns. I still feel exactly the same about both of them. I really yes. love Cosmic Star Heroin. I love the way that it's streamlined everything. I can see myself finishing it as it stands, where I, nice. I know you fell off sort of halfway through, Alex, but I think, I think I'm think i probably going to get all the way through. Um, and Donkey Kong Country Returns, again, it's really good. It's sunk its claws in. I'm at World 6 now, so I think there's, there's this and two more of the main campaign, mm-hmm. and then the 3DS version has an extra ninth world. I don't think I'll go back for the Kong levels. I don't think I've I've got the uh, I don't think I've got the patience for that. But I've been playing through getting all the Kong letters, getting any puzzle pieces that come across my way, and it's just been a good time. Like it, it's quite tightly put together. The level design is for the most part pretty good. There are some sort of pressure points, but mostly it feels fair and achievable without being sort of a pushover, which is the nice bounce you want to strike for a platformer. And then Scourgebringer is still on my list, but I haven't actually played it since I tried it out when it first came out. So hmm. my my Vita situation is uh, soon I will have three on the go. <laughs> three Vitas so on the go. As it, <laughs> three Vitas on the go, yeah. So uh, it's I own like 50% of the Vitas in circulation. <laughs> so I, I recently, to play Psychedelica, set up the Enso hack on my old Slim. I've got Cosmic Star Heroin 
playing on my baby red 2000 slim and once i finish cosmic star heroine that's when Scourgebringer will be the focus of that mm. once i've beaten hades i'm planning to start on my fat vita vagrant story nice so i will, I will have vagrant story Scourgebringer, and psychedelica potentially on the go <laughs> all at once that's great but <laughs> What what that means is while Cosmic Star is playing, because that's only a, a sort of 10 to 15 hour game and I'm already, I think, two and a half hours in. I just want to complete that, enjoy my time with that, and then I can I can give Scourgebringer a, a proper attentive playthrough sort of thing. And that's me. That's everything I've been playing. So um, this week, Alex, you've had a new release that you're very excited about. Why don't you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. So, um... Step on me, Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which apparently it's Dimitres... Dimitresque? I don't know. That name, every time I see it, I pronounce it differently. So um, <laughs> I'm like... From way up high, she can't hear me mispronounce exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I started playing Resident Evil Village. I'm already like halfway through. It's not a super long game by any stretch of the imagination, but about the same as Resident Evil 7. Um, I I love it. Like it's, It is exactly what I was hoping it would be. It's leaning into a little more of the camp of the Resident Evil series in like the best way possible. Um, where it's just like they're crazy vampire witches lichens and like there's some other shit that and I don't want to talk about it actually because I actually think Capcom did a really good job promoting this game because they genuinely only showed you like maybe the first like two hours of the game like that's like really they only showed you material from there in fact I didn't even realize like when I was playing it I was like oh um yeah I don't know I don't even really want to say anything like there's just there's some stuff that I was like oh 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 this is where we're going okay um and it's like it's it's phenomenal if you played the demo you generally are you're basically playing uh two segments from like the first hour or so of the game and you will replay them which is a little bummer because you're just like oh, i'm going back through it um but you can sort of skip the cutscenes pretty easy and it's just like get back in it is like resident evil 4 in all the best ways it really really has the same vibe um in the sense that like I feel like it's such a good companion piece to Seven because Seven to me is this more psychological kind of like slow-paced horror, whereas this one is a little more action-focused. Like there's just there's just a bit more action to it um, and like a few crazier weapons kind of thing and um, a few like set pieces that are a bit different. It's also, holy hell, it is beautiful. Like I have it on my Series X, you know, 60 frames per second fucking 4K with ray tracing on and the oh okay look i always thought ray tracing was like just one of those fancy mumble jumble things i've genuinely been stopped in my tracks at some of the fucking lighting in this game it's insane like it's hard to describe until you experience it but like at one point i'm walking through this like you know wintry day and like you know it's foggy and there's just like this ray of light like literal ray like coming breaking through the woods and you can just see like the particles that are in the air as you're like coming through and it's just like refracting off everything and it's like yeah there's moments in the game where i'm just like yo shit that's beautiful <laughs> like i have to like stop for a second i'm like <laughs> this random game is so gorgeous um so yeah like i know in the demo some people talk about like when you get up really close to some textures like they looked a little bland but like it's way it's like they're much better even in the full game and yeah some of the textures if you like really like shove your character's nose like right up against it they're like i don't know they're not like as beautiful but like they're not bad you know what i mean and like if you're doing that you're missing the point um so <laughs> And also, what what game doesn't have textures that look sketchy if you're like pressed up against? Yeah, them? exactly. Right, almost none. 
Um, the po- that's kind of the point of the textures is that when you're in motion and when you're looking around, they look great. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's very good. Yeah. I was what would ask. you say to, there's been, there's been a lot of comparison to Resi 4 and like, I'm completely yes. unfamiliar. I, I retired Resi 4 within like 10 minutes, but what, what would you say to sort of those comparisons? I think Resident- with it being obviously more a direct sequel to 7 and a different perspective and everything else. Yeah, I think Resident Evil Village has the spirit of Resident Evil 4, but it's like you wouldn't, if you started playing it and then you sat someone down and played Resident Evil 4, they're completely different experiences, like entirely different, but they have the same feeling and the same vibe and the same sort of types of sort of locales and characters that you're going to meet, right? Like those parts right. are similar. You you can sort of see the DNA of Resident Evil in this. Like the merchant is hilarious and awesome. And he makes you sort of think about that other merchant. He even has like a little crack. Like at one point I was like opening it up uh, and he just goes, what are you buying? And he was like, sorry, a little thing an old friend of mine used to say. I was like, yes, I love it. Like, it's just it's like, he's just, and he's got his own like little thing and he's like, have a good adventure. Like that kind of thing. Like he has his own little taglines and he's just very, uh, he's called the Duke and he's like 5,000 pounds. He's huge. Um, and it's just very, a wonderful character. Like all the characters have something interesting. And then Capcom has like, extended it you know like they take a feature of that person and they magnify it in some way right like lady dimitrescu is humongous um her daughters are like these fly witches who like literally burst into flies and like come back and they've got like these extended smiles and like yeah it's it's not as scary as seven but it's not not scary like (laughs) there's definitely a moment i just played through where i was like hey uh, oh i didn't like that at all um (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's tense, right? Um, there's been a little bit of talk about the difficulty of the game. Standard isn't that tough. It's not that tough, I will admit. I haven't really died at all on Standard. I started it on Hardcore, and Hardcore is Hardcore. And I, I'm a little. I was a little disappointed, and I I figured there might be. There, there might be like a gameplay reason for this, or this could just be because this is kind of how Resident Evil's always done this. Well, not really, because Resident Evil Four had it had variable difficulty. You didn't choose it. It actually scaled the difficulty up and down for you as you were playing. Um, Right, adaptive difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. This one, if you click whatever difficulty you choose, that's it. You're locked in uh, for the experience. But the experience is short. So like (sighs) hardcore is probably more of a like true to Resident Evil experience. And it's one where you're going to actually have to use all of Resident Evil Village's mechanics and all of their um their systems you're gonna really have to craft uh you can only take like two hits from like a normal enemy uh before you're just dead so you're gonna have to really learn how to block well and like push away because it can disarm you have to be like really careful the enemies are bullet sponges like uh one enemy can take like if you have your pistol like the original the first pistol almost like almost a full 28 shots to kill an enemy like it's a lot Whereas on standard, it's like a bit less. It's like maybe only like with your first pistol, maybe only like 10 or so shots, right? Like something like that, you know? Um, A little bit less. That's like less than half. But it it actually makes, it feels like a little bit less, but it actually ends up being significantly less because you can quickly upgrade your ammo and you, you then are left with a lot of ammo. So like if you're looking for genuinely a hardcore, like intense 
you're going to die a lot. You're going to have to really think through your encounters and you're going to have to master the systems. Play it on hardcore. You're probably going to have a lot of fun. I opted for standard because I just kind of want to experience it first because I sort of want to save a like brutal difficulty playthrough for like Halloween. Like I want to come back and play it again and be like, yeah. Um, And I also just feel like once you kind of know a little bit what the game's going to throw at you, I feel like you can then strategize a bit better. Um, So yeah, anyway, that's my experience so far with Resident Evil Village. I think it's fantastic. It's like easily a nine for me right now. I think it's like on most sites, it's getting like an 85-ish, which probably fair, but I genuinely think this is a a higher caliber game than that. Um, Where it stands at the moment, right? I'm only halfway through, but... It's mm-hmm. it's an Alex game through and through, man. You're exploring the village. There's puzzles. You gotta shoot the enemies. It's like wonky shooting mechanics, which makes it tense. And you're like, ah. And I'm just like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, big time. Yeah, you you're on the hype train. I'm glad it's everything you wanted. Oh yeah, big time. I look. I knew this was a game I wanted. There's this, and like next week, I'm buying Mass Effect. So get ready for more Mass for a talk about Mass Effect next week. Um, because hey, when I buy Mass Effect, I'm buying local. <laughs> Because it's made in my city. <laughs> That's how I justify Honestly. it. Uh, should we move on then? That was a I solid... mean, unless you want to talk about Everhood very quickly. Oh, I haven't been playing it. Everhood. Oh, ignore me then. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Sorry, I left it on there. It's like you with Scourgebringer. Haven't been playing it. I will, but I haven't. Um, we're going to move on then to a fun little segment that Avatage suggested. And basically what we're going to do now is uh, all three of us have chosen um, two games for each host. So we've each chosen four games in total and we're going to basically pitch them to each other without revealing what the name of the game is. And the idea is that these are kind of games that maybe we wouldn't play necessarily or like are ones, I don't know, like uh, the ones I sort of picked are ones that like maybe these aren't games you would have decided to play. Um, and I'm going to try to convince you to try them. Um, we'll get to ask questions after we explain it. Um, and before we reveal the name, we'll have to decide, are we interested in it or not? And then we'll reveal what the game is um, and decide from there. And we'll see if we end up playing any of the suggestions. I'm looking forward to this. I always love getting suggestions for games. And I feel like we've gotten to know each other's gaming <laughs> uh, habits pretty well over the last... What is this, like seven months now or something? It's been a long this time. This is month seven, yeah. yeah. How crazy is that? It's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> okay. It actually a little bit difficult choosing games for you too because especially Alex, like what the fuck? I was like, oh, maybe I, I could find like an obscure Zelda game or whatever. And you played all of them. <laughs> I played a lot of games. <laughs> I, th- I like to think I have a fairly eclectic collection of games too, but yeah. Yeah, sorry, Paula. I know you've... <laughs> Rick and I have a similar completion amount too, though, I think. We're both in like the 600s, aren't we? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have like 600-something games, so... Uh, yeah. Does anyone want to go first? Uh, why don't you pitch to me first? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll pitch uh, Are we, we going to do it? So yeah. if, if we take it in terms to be pitched to, and pitch one each, then switch one each, and then... Yeah. We'll, we'll essentially each have two... Yeah, perfect. Let's do that. Let's uh, do that. Okay, Perfect. Alex, why don't you pitch me your first game? Here we go. All right, so this first game, um, it's a it's a level based sort of game, but it has a connecting overworld. Um, it's an extremely inventive and engaging game. Like it's one of those games that, as you play it, you're kind of like, this is very unique. Like it it feels um, similar to other games 
um, that have existed sort of in like the 90s eras and like the 2000s eras, uh, kind of like ratchets, uh, Ratchet and Clank games, like Donkey Kong Country 64, like that, those sort of platformers, you know, those like 3D world platformers. Um, but it always sort of reinvents itself. Um, and it, it always it always sort of surprises you with where it's going and with what it's doing. Um, so it's one of those games where I feel like it, it alludes really beautifully um, to games within its genre, but it's not repeating those games, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to say anything else about that yet. That's kind of where I'd go on it. Also, it has a really beautiful art style. That's something that I, um, that I really dug with it. I thought it was, it was, it was quite a beautiful game. So yeah, do you, do you have any questions about this game, Rick? Yeah, I. So you say it's two different game types that sort of reinvent themselves. Would you say there's like a unique mechanic to it, or is what makes it unique the synergy of those two? Yeah, it's not necessarily like two different like genre. It's not necessarily two different genres. It's more that there are multiple game mechanics within it that are very interesting. So yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly entirely sure how to answer that question actually. Um, Okay. Does that help um, a little bit? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Ooh. Slightly. It, in, in the sense that you didn't really have a concrete answer for it, that helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose the other main one is, is it like a collectathon kind of game? Because you mentioned DK64. Yeah, it, it has elements of that, but I would say it's far less emphasized than... Um, than some other like collectathon games, you know, like it, it definitely has the collectathon element to it. But where a game like Donkey Kong Country is sort of based around the collectathoning, um, this game has a has clearer objectives than that. Um, but it does allow you to sort of have fun and do some some collecting of things in there. But I'd actually say it's more about exploring and like getting through the levels than it is really about like covering every inch of it. Right. Okay, and and I suppose one final question connected to that exploration. You mentioned it's a really nice art style. What kind of art style and what kind of setting? Yeah, it's like a would I call it a cartoony art style? Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of cartoony. Like again, you know when you think of those mascot um, sort of games, like that kind of world. Like it's kind of in that sort of vein. So it's a very colorful world um, and a setting. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, it's it's kind of refreshing actually when you know you go from playing some modern games that are just very like boom 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 like real world real world real world this is not real world um in that sense so very uh i would call it style groovy we'll put it that way groovy okay so that sort of rules out because the way you were describing it gave me mad vex vibes and then i was also thinking sort of like tie the tasmanian tigers from the way you're describing it but Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for a cautious yes. That sounds like something I would try. Nice. Okay. So well, why don't you tell me what the game is? Yeah, the game is the one and only Psychonauts. It is a fantastic game. Oh. That I think you should play because it is very good. Yeah, so it's groovy because it's got a 60s aesthetic. Um, and like you said, it's sort of collectathony, but like it has this overworld. It's, it's a summer camp. I should have said summer camp. That's one you interesting. And the level based is now making sense in my head with the dreams and everything mm-hmm. else. It's one I own, so it's one one I'll probably eventually get to. Good, get on it. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I think you would actually quite enjoy it. Like it, it was a game that I played only a few years ago, and I was very impressed by it because I was like, "This is an old game," um, but yeah, it's very fun. Nice. There's one, Paula. Why don't you go ahead? You want to pitch, Rick? <laughs> 
Yeah, let me. That was more fun. Look for my notes. <laughs> because I swear, if this one, I, if I take like one wrong step, I will end up spoiling the game. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so this game takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where humans are like not the sole like dominant species in this world, and you place as humanity's ambassador. You can choose to live a more peaceful life, go on an adventure, or try to dig into the uglier parts of this society. To be careful, as knowledge comes with a price. Any questions? Lots and lots and lots. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the more I ask, the more it's going to spur. What's the predominant gameplay type? She's like reading. <laughs> I, I can I can feel the cogs turning in Tyler's head. Uh, I don't feel like I'm bullshit out of this one. <laughs> were you gonna try and finesse me? What were I you mean, like, try the, the main gameplay mechanic is clicking X. <laughs> I mean, the main gameplay mechanic is making choices. Mm -hmm. If that's what you're curious about. So does that mean it's a visual novel? It is a visual novel. It is a visual novel. Okay. Is it an Atome game? It is an Atome game. I think I it know what Atome game, game it is. <laughs> <laughs> is it Code Realize? It is not. No. Okay. No. Very, very far. I'm very far. Okay. Um... Alex looks like he's searching for something. I think I know what this is, because I'm pretty sure you talked you, about you want, this. Well, you want to write it down, and then you can like pull it up when Paula says it. It's entirely... It's please do. Yeah, sure, I will. Um, Maybe you just keep asking how questions long? about it. Yeah, 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 yeah I've, I've, oh. only got, I've only got a couple more. How long is the game? It is one of the charter runs. Okay. What, what does that mean in terms of raw hourage? If I remember correctly, check me... Wait, I don't even have to remember. I can just look it up. There's a great website called HowlingPoints.com <laughs> if you have a yeah. look. <laughs> plug. <laughs> I guess this general, whole thing is a plug. Yeah. Mail. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't like 12 hours, though for completionists, is like around 10 hours if you're a fast reader. Okay, and my final question, is it playable on Vita? I think it is, yeah. And on the strength of that, I'm again going to give it a cautious, I would try this game. So, Alex, are you ready for the big reveal? No, I can't actually find it, but I... I oh, wait, yes. Oh, hold on. I, I think I am. I think I did find it. Hold on. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. Okay, so if, if you pull it up in three, two, one, Paolo, what is it? It's Head of a Boyfriend. Oh, no, Head of a Boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can confirm that's playable on Vita. Um, it sounds so much like yeah. Steam Prison, but yeah, out of a boyfriend. <laughs> is that post-apocalypse? Is that? It is, is technically post-apocalypse. Like the protagonist sleeps in a cave. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> and and outside of the of this sort of pitch me a game thing, is it a game you would actually recommend I play? If you like, like, <laughs> okay, pause. the story if you like, but if you like, like, a very mind blowing slash mind fucking ending, yes. I'm okay. kind of curious, actually. Calling me, me intrigued. Yeah, okay. because it is, 
it is not what I thought it was gonna be uh, going in because I I only I thought it was gonna be like only a silly game, <laughs> and then shit goes down the drain and it's like holy like. This is good. Yeah, I I could legitimately see myself now that I've got my Vita hack all set up. I could legitimately see myself downloading that. Maybe I'll have to download uh, myself. Uh, yeah, Alex, why don't you go next? And sure. Paolo, while you've got your notes out on the floor, do you want to keep on pitching? Yeah, pitch me a um, game. <laughs> okay. Um, this is one of the other... This is the one other game I have to be careful with. I'm kind of worried. I think I've talked about this one before. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, here we go. Here goes nothing. Uh, you start the game in the shoes of a 12-year-old boy who, during a visit to the Diet Building in Japan, suddenly gets transported to a time before the building's even in construction. Upon meeting a strange girl, he decides to take along, as she seems to know something. As they arrive at a particular place, a large shadow is casted upon them, and they are escorted to the airship it belongs to. A group of teenagers with strange powers meet them aboard the ship. They were waiting for them. What will they find at the end of their journey? Shit, I am intrigued. Okay, so hold on. <laughs> So okay, is this? Whoa, what kind of like what kind of world is this set in? Like, is this like sort of like a, a, a like a real worldish thing, or is this kind of like a fantasyish elements to it? Um, I'm trying to think. It has a little bit of real world, but I think it has like more fantasy elements. Okay, okay, but it has like a real world base. Is like I see. Okay, so it has like the basis in real world, but then there's all these sort of like fantastic elements too. Okay, cool. Is this like? Is it a primarily like a choice-based game as well? Yep. Yeah, okay. Do your choices have like meaningful consequences in it? They do. And some might... You have to make some choices quicker than the others. Oh, interesting. You're, you're sort of timed on your your choices. Hmm. Okay, I am intrigued. I actually have no idea what this is, but I am quite intrigued. Yeah, I think I, I am I am interested in this game. What what am I playing for, Paola? <laughs> This is Nor Nine Bar Commons, another Atomic game. Okay, wait, what is it called? I haven't heard, heard of this. Can you say that again? Uh, Norn Nine, like no N O R N number nine. Nor Nine, okay. Bar Commons. Bar Commons. That sounds really interesting. I'm I am intrigued by this. Um, <laughs> Atomic. God damn it, Paolo. Are you going to get me into Atomic? <laughs> Yep, I am. I just had to do like two pitches that were like very convoluted stories at Homey Games. Ugh. Ugh. All right. All right. Well, Rick, why don't you take it away? Yes. So um, I have picked two handheld games for you, Alex. The first of these uh, is a movie license. So uh, it was an early release for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, it's a level-based adventure game following the events of that film. And you play as two different characters from the film. Um, the main gameplay is sort of moving around the space and finding items. There are some stealth and puzzle elements to it as well. The graphics aren't amazing, but then it's an early game. Uh, they were still finding their feet, hmm. but otherwise it is definitely an interesting release. Hmm. Is this based and, off? Uh, we, oh, we... Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go uh, I was just going to say, we, we had this, well, my brother more specifically had it um, when we first got Game Boy Advances. And uh, I just remember bouncing around all the levels with a level cheat. Hmm. Okay, so okay. Is this based off of like a cartoon movie? Um, it's a kids' film, yeah. A kids' film. Okay, it's a kids' film. Oh, neat. And you said like is it a side scroller 
kind of game or top down top Ooh, down it's top down okay oh it's top down and you're sort of exploring and there's stealth you're going through the stealth you... elements to it yeah and so you said you can switch between two characters was that you uh, there are two characters playable. Uh, you don't uh, directly switch. They're different characters in different levels. Different characters in different levels. I might know what this is, but I'm not. Is this, is this, is this based on a, a spooky kids movie? Uh, no. I, well, oh, okay. I wouldn't say it was spooky. Okay, that's fair. Then I'm not sure, actually, but I am very intrigued. You know me. I love me some Game Boy Advance. What? <laughs> I think I know what you think it is. Do you think it's Monster House? Yeah, that's what I was thinking at first. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. Okay, okay. It's well, not. What is it? Tell me. Well, tell me. <laughs> would you believe that the train wreck E.T. the extraterrestrial had a GBA port? What? Seriously? <laughs> well, not a port, but they made a game for GBA. I, I wouldn't actually recommend it. Now that I've got you to commit to playing it, I wouldn't recommend it. But <laughs> no, Okay, because I was curious by it, but yeah, that sounds like something I'm going to give a hard pass on. <laughs> well, actually, you absolutely let do. me put this this way. With Game Boy Advance games, I'm always intrigued to try them. <laughs> Beat them? Not it's necessarily definitely, sure. like, It's definitely an interesting car crash. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my, my favorite terrible thing about the game is the life bar is uh like a really weirdly compressed shaped picture of et <laughs> and uh well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying as, this game as he takes damage it slowly squashes <laughs> oh my god yeah no i'm a hundred percent gonna boot this game up at some point just to see what this is all about because like that is some, <laughs> that is some bullshit and i am ready <laughs> It is gnarly in the best kind of way. Oh damn! Okay. Oh dear. Well, why don't we move uh, along to Pitch and Parlor then? And um, yes, if you don't mind, I'll I'll start with one. Go ahead. So, Parlor, this is a game where you need to take notes, particularly within the game, but it's also might be a good idea to take some of your own. You're you have to unravel this kind of big mystery that's going on throughout it. It has beautiful music, and the art style is very unique um, and very eye catching. It's something that like really kind of will take you, uh, I don't know, it's hard to forget, we'll put it that way. The sort of central like tenet of the game really is the mystery, right? Like that's kind of the central bit of this game. Um, oh. Yeah, and it plays out through sort of segmented uh, areas. So it's not kind of like, it's not like an open world sort of mystery thing. It's more like a, a sort of sort of linear, but you're very much exploring, you know? You'd say, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so would it be like more like Ace Attorney or Professor Layton? It's in that more sense? like Ace Attorney in that sense. Yeah, it's more like Ace Attorney where you're going to be given specific areas, whereas Layton is kind of like, you know, sort of like all over the town. Um, but it's also a first pers- first person perspective. So whereas something like Ace Attorney, you click on and you go to things and this one you're actually moving around in the space. Any other questions? <laughs> Trying to think, because it somehow sounds familiar. Yeah, it also has really fun sound effects, <laughs> which might, that might throw you off more. I'm oh, intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah, there you are. And it's voice acted, and the voice acting actually matters to the mystery. Ooh. Is like actually good voice acting or memeable yes. voice acting? It's good Ooh. voice acting, yeah. What do you think? Mm. Are you interested? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pretty interesting, though. How long is this game? Not super long. Um, let let me actually just check how long it took me to beat. I, I think it's like, I think it's sub eight hours for sure. But let me just check. Um, let me see here. Oh, it's eight and a half hours. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, yeah, eight and a half hours. 
And it's one of those games that completionist is ten and a half, so it's like there's not much wiggle room in it. You kind of once you beat it, you've beaten it, sort of deal. I would actually play this. Okay, well, this game is called Return of the Obra Din. This game. I knew it sounded uh-huh. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I've already been recommended this. <laughs> this game, I and think... now I see what you mean about the voice acting mattering. Yeah. Yeah, it really matters because you have to like really hear and listen to, un- to unravel the mystery. I I think this game would be like right up your alley. Like it is an excellent game um that really blends the kind of worlds of like i don't know based on the otome that you otome you play and like the mysteries that come out of it like it's very much a fun a fun game i recommend it yeah that, it actually sounds like right up my alley because i was mm-hmm. thinking like yeah, there's a mystery but it's first person it sounds like the room but with less evading danger yeah no evading danger in this one um though you will see lots of danger <laughs> and- Nice. All right, Rick. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you get her? Yes. So to uh, to give some parity, I've again for you picked a movie license, but this time it doesn't directly follow the events of the film. Uh, it is a top-down action game again, but it's not on the handheld. It's a retro game. Um, each level tasks you with finding a number of key items, avoiding enemies, and reaching the level exit. Uh, this is a game with cultural significance, although it's not one that you'd necessarily think of. I can see the cogs wearing again. <laughs> what questions? What questions have you got for me, Paula? Trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was like a top-down persp- uh, top perspective, but when it, what is like the main? What's the main thing of this game? Uh, the main thing is navigating the world. So it's a retro game. You haven't got any kind of attack. Mm. It's all about the. It, it, I wouldn't necessarily call the world a maze per se, but navigation is the mechanic. So you've got to find all the items. And that unlocks the exit. Find all the items and that unlocks the exit. Like the I... limitless gif where all the numbers are going through there. <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what does it mean? So, from what I understood, then, there's, well, no combat at all. Like, the, the thing is, like, the, I don't want to say the thing you're currently exploration, but that thing. Yeah, I, I, what I would be recommending the game as a playthrough for is its cultural significance. And I don't really want to say any more because I think to say any more would be to give it away. Hmm. What do you think, Paolo? Are you interested? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Like I- I'm very intrigued and uh, curiosity is like talking at me. It's like play, play it. Yeah. So uh, Paolo, you've just committed an interest to playing uh, Atari 2600's ET, the extraterrestrial. <laughs> Again with ET. You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Is ET top down? I, I should have asked. I thought I'd bet you both to play an ET game. That was yeah. uh, that was just for me. <laughs> You're like that's just your fun. All right. The well. next one's a good game, I promise. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Um, well, let's let's go then. We'll do like I don't know a slightly faster round where we'll bring this up to Rick again. So I've got another one for you, Rick. Um, so this game is. This is kind of one of those games that's like segmented into like really nice sort of digestible parts. And so like I find it's a really good sort of pick up and uh, put down kind of game. Like it it has sort of a nice, you kind of know when you're like, all right, that's it for this session. And you kind of move along. Um, It's got that nice sort of feeling to it. Um, It has a really dynamic and fluid kind of like movement system. Um, So it allows for lots of like fluidity in in your movement. And it has open-ended kind of combat scenarios. So like you're often, you know, it's often a game where you're kind of, you're going from combat scenario to combat scenario, right? With some light puzzling along the way. And 
Yeah, I think it's really fun. Do you have any questions? I don't want to give them too much. Mm-hmm. Is it linear? Is it map based? Is there an open world? What's what's the yeah, progression like? It's not open world. It's it's very much like like linear with maps, I guess, kind of thing. So it's not like super linear necessarily, but like it, it intersperses that, right? So you'll have some linearity with some open areas, um, and kind of like coming back and forth into that sort of. So it's like a line, but there's ebbs and flows in terms exactly. of the width of what that right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what? Is, you said it's action combat, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Action. Wait. Okay. Wait. How do you define action combat? Actually. <laughs> um. So I'm not thinking Musou style. I'm thinking like light attack, heavy attack, parry, counter. Oh no! 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 Not like that. It's there's combat scenarios, but they're more. Um. It's it's shooting. It's a shooter. Okay. What yeah. third person? Or yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And what what's the setting like? It's like a real world setting. Hmm. Yeah. It's real world. <laughs> the way, the way you've sounded it is ever so slightly generic. So this time I'm going to say it's just about a pass from me. Just what have I passed on? <laughs> Uncharted Four. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you know the irony is that I'm actually planning to play that really soon. Are you good? Okay, play this damn game. <laughs> I know. I saw you played the other three, and I'm like, this is the best one. <laughs> oh. So I've heard. I've I've got it on um on PS Plus. So it, it's on the PS4. It's just a case of uh, nice. when rather than if, but soon is the when. Well, I'm starting to learn your, right. your preferences then because I got two that are on your <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, Paolo, why don't you oh, hit dear. hit Rick with your uh, hit me. pitch? Okay, first disclaimer. So it isn't a visual novel. Just just making that clear right from the okay. start. Okay. This game's art style is like pretty unique. But the gameplay is based off on something that is pretty popular, you can say. Okay. The it has like a lot of world building, but it is like inspired by I'm trying to be careful with words here. <laughs> by a lot like of you would say like folk tales or stories and stuff like that. So um even though you might have you might find some of these characters kind of like familiar to an extent. It is like a world that stands up like on its own. Okay. And you could say like it, it is like a really like a beloved game. Like it has been like re-released a couple of times. The gameplay itself, you could say the the focus is more on exploration than combat, though it has a little bit of both. And I can say the unique mechanic because it will be giving it away. So what okay, do you okay. think? But it, is, it, is it an action-focused game or is it an RPG? Um, it, is the combat real-time? Yeah, it is real-time. Okay, I think it's just time, time. Speaking of time, we should just... We'll go a little faster than these parts. Okay. Well, we, we know it was on my backlog, so we know I'm in chess. Yeah, but... <laughs> Go on, which one is it? Because I'm drawing a blank. The only one I could think is Mary Skelter, but I don't think it's not that she said action combat. No, it is Okami. Yeah! Oh, yes. There you go. I didn't want to say the mechanic because he was like drawing shakes with the brush. When you said folktales, yeah. I was like, that's Okami 100%. That is a great game. Um, yeah. I haven't finished it, but it is a great game. I'm looking at it on my shelf right now. I have it for Wii and PS4. So I'll play one of the versions. I have both of those on Switch. <laughs> nice. I played the Switch one. It was good. Touchpad was nice. 
Um, okay, why don't you pitch me one? Come on, pitch me. What, what do you got? What do you got? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go uh, quicker with this one. Sure. So, you, you're deaf. You're, no, you, you're deaf. Mm-hmm. And you pretty much, you have a special ability that allows you, like, to solve, like, the unresolved problems from other spirits and help them, like, go to the afterlife kind of thing. Yeah. I think this is on my backlog. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, I, I know you know. <laughs> Sorry, I know what this is. Yeah, but I am very interested. Do you want to tell us, lucky listeners, what game this is? It is flipping death. It is flipping death. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I am sorry. When you said uh, you are death, I was like, I was actually like uh, oopsie from my pronunciation. I know. And then I yeah. noticed it was like, oh shit. You're like, that's the one oopsie. That's like actually, you're like, oh no. I am actually intrigued by this game. You know, I should pick this up again because didn't didn't you play it? I did play it. Mm, yeah, this is one that I, I, oh God, I bought this like three years ago when it was on sale, and I've always been like, I should play it. Yeah, Riggs, like me too. Ah, uh, not only do I have it, I have it installed. I've just same. Checked. I thought there I did in the day. Oh God, installed on my on my Switch. God, I really got to play that game. Okay, that's that's a good one, Paula. Um, Rick, what are you hitting me with? So, I am again hitting you with a handheld game. Uh, mm. This is a series that started on the nes and the game boy version with game boy color exclusive palettes is very much a continuation of that gameplay style it pretty much ports the nes experience directly to game boy so that means you get both the 2d vehicular action and the top town dungeon exploration and combat segments of that game i never got very far with it it's one that it's one of the first games i owned as a kid Hmm. but i always enjoyed not getting very far with it and i feel like as a, a really sort of frantic, frenetic Game Boy game, it would be right up your alley. Wow, it sounds like slightly Contra or Blaster Mastery. Like, it sounds like it's in that world, but interesting. Um, I Well, yeah, I'm inter- I love handhelds. I'm interested. What, 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 what is this? <laughs> you nailed it. It's Blaster Master Enemy Below. Oh, Blaster Master Enemy Below. That's on my freaking <laughs> Game Boy. <laughs> I got that game ready to go. That's like on my list to play. Oh, uh, I even checked. I went onto your list because I was like, he's probably played this, but it wasn't in your completions. So No, it's on my other one. Yeah, I haven't played that yet. Blaster Master. Nice. Okay. When you said 2D and then the dungeon exploring, I was like, oh yeah, Blaster Master. <laughs> like that's But sometimes Contra puts you in vehicles, but there's no dungeon exploring. But still, nice. That you owned that when you were young. Wow, I never saw it when I was a kid. I didn't even know what Blaster Master was until the remakes. Um or the new uh, games, the, I guess. The- the music from the opening stage is fucking nailed into the into my head. Oh, I'm getting so nostalgic just doing it. Anyway, let's right, hit, let's let hit me... Paolo with our last ones here. Yeah, um... yeah, I'll roll straight on if you don't mind this Do it, time. Yeah, sweet. So, um, as opposed to Alex, where I sort of played into his stereotypes because I don't angle for story-based games myself. I'm aiming to pull you out of your comfort zone a little bit with this one, Paolo, uh, with a game that combines two action elements that are completely uh, away from the story side of things. So this is a game that was published by EA um, and it combines a hard as nails platformer with a match three esque puzzler. And those two elements of gameplay blend in and out of each other in the same levels. So you're constantly switching between those two gameplay styles um, and they are synergistic with each other. So what you do in one gameplay type then bleeds straight into the other gameplay type. Um, it's excellent. One of the most criminally underrated games and it's absolutely one that anyone listening, and hopefully Paola too, uh, should stroke will check out. 
Which console is it available on? That may well spoil it. I can tell you it's a handheld. It is a DS game. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the game, but I think what you're talking about. I, I think I know what you're talking about. You probably do. So the game is called Henry Hatsworth and the Puzzling Adventure. Oh, didn't they make a... Is that the one you had in mind? It is, yeah. Mm. Are they? I thought I heard of that game recently, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, if they are, I will buy it straight up. I had such a good time with that game. It is truly excellent. So basically, when you kill an enemy on the top screen in the action segment, Alex, um, mm-hmm. that enemy becomes a block on the bottom screen. And so what you have to do is every now and again, you have to use your stylus to uh, do match three, remove some of those blocks, because if it fills up, that causes like a super enemy or something to come up on the top screen. But it doesn't pause while you're doing that. So you have to try and find quiet moments to to clear the bottom screen. And in the busier moments on the top screen, you have to be mindful of what you're killing and where you're killing it because of how that will impact on the cool. on the tile set below you. It's That's... really fucking excellent and a great platformer to boot. Yeah, sorry, I was wrong. The thing like I was thinking about is something totally different. So never mind on that part. But um, uh, Think about this. Me. Play this. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, and the last one here I've got for you, uh, Paula. Um, uh-huh. So this game, it has branching narratives. Um, so your decisions matter in this. It's, it's set in this kind of gorgeous, wintry sort of scene. Um, very a la my country. Um, it has very excellent voice acting. Um, it's it's a suspenseful game with a central mystery. So I kind of I kind of went with the mystery theme for the games that I picked for you. Yeah, that's kind of all I want to say. Actually, um, it's a mysterious game with lots of suspense. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and I do think it's a little outside of what you would usually play. Um, I'll say that much. It really sounds familiar, but. <laughs> When I say it, you'll be like, oh! <laughs> yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. Are you interested? Does it pique your curiosity? It does pique my curiosity, but after the E.T. stunt, that freakful, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Don't worry, it's no E.T. It's Until Dawn. Oh. Yeah, the PS4 exclusive um, set in a wintry wonderland with some famous actors and some sometimes uncanny valley-ish uh, motion capture, but... It has branching narratives and like your choices matter in the game and it's really fun. Um, it's like if it's kind of like, you know, like if Telltale grew up a little bit, you know, that's sort of what it feels like. Um, and it is really good. And I think it, it's nice because it's a little slow sometimes, like the movement's not necessarily like super intense. Uh, it's like Resident Evil if Resident Evil was a choose your own adventure. Mm. Nice. So there you go, everybody. That was our first pitchathon. <laughs> Yeah. If you if you want to hear more of that, let us know in the comments down below. And while you're there, why don't you like and subscribe and ring the bell and turn the crank? Don't forget to ding the dinger. Yeah, smack it, smack it, hit Fun all man. those things. Oh my god, oh. I'm so glad we don't actually need to ma- care about those things. But <laughs> there you go. Um, because course, this week we've been sponsored by Manscaped. Yeah, there you go. We'll post all of those games uh, in the show notes, so you'll be able to find those there. But why don't we move on to our final game for today, and that's. How long to beat the game? Ah, oh, beautiful music. Okay, Paula, I think it's your turn. What game are we playing? For once, I am ready. Noise. And the game is Shin Megami Tensei. I think it's for the Panicon. No! Right. <laughs> you want to reroll that? 
No, I think that's fair. Um, but I don't know. If you want, you can. But that's a that's a good game to try, I guess. I want this. Is one that Alex isn't going to have hustled us on. Uh, definitely yep. not. Hey, I only hustled once. <laughs> that we know of. That we know of. That is fair. Um, let me um, see. Oh, Jesus Christ. I have no idea. I, I genuinely... Uh... Is it the Super Famicom Palette? Is the, the icon has four colors. Is that oh, the Super Famicom? Famicom? Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't remember there being a Famicom release. I was like digging in my head. Oh, this is the 1992 release? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Also, I okay. misplaced a thing and I'm getting worried. Um, See, this is one I want to play. I don't think it ever came out in English, but there's a patch doing the rounds. I think they also did like a slightly updated remake for GBA, but again, um, that didn't affect officially come to the west i think there was a a port of that that was given a translation but that was ios exclusive and it's one of those that uh, got delisted mm. just another one of those okay i mean i'm i have, i have a rough idea but i know that you're struggling Alex, so i'm going to wait till you've both committed before i put my numbers in yeah I'm trying to think because i'm pretty sure that i actually like backlog these like at some time and then took it out of the backlog but i think it was like one it's relatively short oh, yeah. for two American state standards, I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Right, I don't think it's any um, SMT four, which was depending on what you did, sort of pushing into the into the three digits. Oh, uh-huh. it's definitely it's definitely not that kind of length. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna do twenty twenty five thirty. I I really don't know. I've got no idea. Um, oh, that poor deer! It won't be able to see anything. Ba-doops. It won't. It'll be very dead. Um, I just because like I really don't know, so I'm just like I need that like long possibility. Like I feel like my completion is like too low, but I don't know. Maybe I'll go with like 35 instead. 2025, 35. Okay. So here, uh, here crack the 40 burner. That's the question. Oh, sorry. Cards on the table. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit longer, so I'm I'm gonna put 30, 40, 50. Thing because like. I feel like it's going to be one? like longer. Like Sorry, a 100%. is this a NES or a Famicom game? Nah, it's, it's a Famicom nice. game. I'm going to put it like on 42 hours, the 100%, just to have, just to be sure, I think. I'm gonna uh, what if it is food today? <laughs> I'm going to stick to what I've typed. And, stick to what and 38. That's what I'm going to do. Because I really don't know. Okay. So I'm just putting in random numbers. Let's find out. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do no half hours this week. No, well, there's a half hour. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, Just as I said it. Okay, let's right, go. We're we locked in. Yeah, we're locked in. in. Okay, so oh, we did. Oh, because it is for main story thirty-one and a half hours. For main plus extra thirty-nine and a half hours, and for completion is fifty hours. Damn it. Ah! Get in. Fucking Rick, you hustled us this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've been studying the time. Sometimes I'll just click on them and be like, oh, that might come up. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I genuinely just thought that's a bit longer than you've put. And uh, that uh, has just oh, wait, about. No, it's almost perfectly yeah, I think cool. The one actually. that was I chartered like for 20 hours was the not Chimera, then the Megami Tensei for the Famicom or not. Yeah. Okay, um, well, cool super. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that leaves the standings at forty-three for Rick, thirty-eight for Alex, and thirty-five for Paula. It's close. It's still anyone's game. 
Um, my lead is restored, though. Yeah, your lead's back for one more week. One more week. I'm going to take it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week, everyone. Uh, tune in next week when we will be back once again. Toodles. Cheers, bye. Bye.